What's up, guys? We are Bachelors in the City back for another episode. Thank you for joining us. Today, we have some good friends joining us on the pod. We have Blake and Eric. They have their own podcast, Behind the Rose, but you'll also recognize Blake from his time on Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise. We get into it. Blake's killing it right now with his uh, DJ career. Have some awesome stories. Stagecoach, we rehash it all. Dustin right now is not currently on the intro. He is. He had a jet, had to get some tea with the queen. It's funny. You're, normally, I'm the one that's in a different city or state or country, but roles are reversed for today's episode. So I guess without further ado, let's get into it. Blake and Eric, thanks for joining us. The crossover has happened. The time has come. <laughs> this is way overdue, my guys. Blake, Eric, what's up, man? Oh, it's good to be here. Wait, it, this is this is overdone. I feel like we I, when you texted me and I was like, why haven't we done this yet? So I'm glad we were able to find some time. It's been uh, it's been a minute, yeah. If I feel like we're alike in a lot of ways, like Bachelor, you know, the production side of the show. Yeah, they hate us. They hate you guys. Yeah. We get bitched at. You guys get bitched at about things. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Why did it take so long for us to come together? All right, we got to unite. And two dudes. Two dudes breaking down the bachelor too, you know, giving insights that that's different too here in this world. So very, very <laughs> yeah, true. Man. So you yeah. guys, uh, you guys have your own podcast behind the rose, Blake and Eric. What uh, what brought you? First off, what 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 inspired you guys to uh, to get your podcast going? Actually, I'll let Eric, Eric, you answer that because he was kind of the uh, brains behind the whole idea and everything. So Eric, you take it away. Let's hear it. Eric. Yeah. So the concept originally was behind the world famous Grizzly Rose, which is a honky tonk here in Denver, which every country artist has played and started at. And for me, you know, that kind of fizzled out. They hadn't recorded in a couple of years. So I went to the owner and then our producer, who's Eddie Haskell, who was in charge of it. And I was like, can we take this over? Because for me, Behind the Rose then became kind of like two worlds combined behind the, the world famous Honky Tonk and Behind the Rose of the, the TV show. The Bachelor okay. Bachelorette franchise. And everyone who listens to The Bachelorette or um, watches Bachelorette, Bachelor Bachelorette is a fan of country music and vice versa. So approached Blake and I was like, hey, man, do you want to try to do this? And COVID hit. We're like, had nothing else to do. And uh, we just kind of took it from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And then, so the whole idea, the whole premise, more or less, uh, mission statement, it was like we were going to take country music, the Bachelor, reality TV in general, and kind of mix it together because we'll have some like world famous musicians on, and they're big fans of the show, or yeah. their girlfriend watches or their wives watch the show. So it was a cool way to kind of bring both of the worlds together. And yeah, it's it's been awesome. We've made some incredible relationships, which is honestly the coolest. I'm sure you guys know the coolest part about podcasting is relationships you come away with. So we've made some really cool relationships, and yeah, I mean it's been fun. It's been now shoot, we're coming up on two years, so it's been a good time. Two years, wow, yeah, we uh, we're just coming up on our first year. But it's a good it's time. It's more work than people think. Am I right? Like, it's more 100%. work than people. People think you just hop on and you kind of like bullshit. It's like, nah, you got to like book things out, schedule. You got to like do the questions, the actual interviews. It's yeah, it you, And you guys have, I mean, a very hectic schedule with your DJing gig, man, taking you literally all around the country. I'm sure soon to be around the world as well. I can only imagine. I mean, for me, obviously with flying, it's, you know, God bless Emma and everything she does and puts up with me <laughs> for, for scheduling. But I guess that was the last time we saw you guys was, uh, right? It was in Chicago at your show. Yeah, it would have been. No, I saw Blake. I saw uh, you York. guys. Wait, I saw Blake Halloween. and Eric in New York. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. shit. No, it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. We came, yeah, yeah. 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 Halloween. 
That's right, Halloween. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it was. Uh, that's right. I think we showed up. That's why. I think I I, I showed up Pete, a little you bit late. Up late. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, I was winding down. We went out after, or was it the next night we went out? Yeah, no, yeah, I remember we went out we, that night to the Ugly Duckling to Cuddy's spot. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. They had, oh, yeah. They had those, oh. those bubble it's guns. coming back to me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. Oh, shit, that's right. Oh, fuzzy, I, I, I remember wearing that damn duck hat at one point and spraying people with champagne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that place is wild. That place was wild. wild. They always do it right. He oh, actually just opened up a new spot, too. A sweet summer rooftop pool spot. We haven't checked out yet, but always a good time. So man, how how is that? How is that going with you? I know I've I've kind of watched this saw you kind of come up here in the last what maybe a year, a little over a year. You've been working at this, right? Yeah, I mean, we're really. I mean, I've been technically it's been almost three years, but then COVID hit. You know what I mean? So that was oh, like right. a year and a half of me just DJing at home. You know, I couldn't really do much. Yeah. So yeah, about a year and a half, two years now, where I've been out and about, and you know, you know, actually DJing at, at venues and things like that when everything kind of opened back up and. It's been amazing, man. It's been it's been incredible. Um, it's something obviously I never really thought I'd be doing for a living, like a legit living, not like a side gig. Like this has kind of become my main source of income. And yeah, what, I mean, what I'm got addicted. you though into <laughs> pursuing that so so hard? And obviously now mm-hmm. becoming very successful with it. Yeah. So I uh, I was always like a music guy. Right? I was always like on the ox chord in college. Like everybody, I was always the guy with the new music. Like that was always me. And I never really thought about actually like on a controller DJing. But I, so I came off Paradise, right? And I was, what the hell am I going to do with my life? Like, I felt lost. I was confused. I was like, everybody hates me. Nobody in Bachelor Nation is going to, you know, kind of like let me back in, welcome me back in. Like, I just felt so like hopeless. And I'll never forget, I was on an airplane. And I can't remember where I was going. Maybe, I think out to LA maybe. And I got a text from Caitlin Bristow. And she was like, hey, I'm doing a podcast tour. I'm doing like 10 cities in 16 days. Would you want to be a part of it? And at the time, I was still in contract. So, like, I couldn't be a guest. And so, the way we got around that, she was like, well, would you like to DJ it? No I way. Like, I, yeah, I was like, sure. I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. But, like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I, I think so. So, I bought, like, a little controller, you know, like a little traveling controller. And I just DJed for those. And I loved it so that, much. That was the, the energy first of time. the crowd. That was it. That was it. That was it. And I just the energy of the crowd. And like at the time, you know, I didn't exactly, I was just kind of like a buddy of mine, like kind of gave me a quick lesson. Yeah. But it was just, it was addicting, man. And so Eric and then my other buddy who I don't know if you guys have, have you met DJ Silver? Have you seen, have you, have you met him, Pete? I don't, I, know if you I don't think so. You've posted a bunch with him. Yeah, right? I posted him yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's funny. I actually remember vaguely a video with you and Caitlin. This, I didn't realize that was your first time DJing, but I remember yeah, seeing yeah. even that. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. And so that was the coolest part was I put up all these stories and people put up all these stories. And DJ Silver, who Eric had known for years and I had met a couple of years prior yeah. at like a Kane Brown concert in Vegas, I think. He kind of hit up the both of us and was like, yo, like Blake has something I can teach. He's, she, you know, he's like, listen, he's great with the crowd. His energy is high. Yeah. You know, his he's very charismatic on stage. He's like, I can't teach that. But he's like, I can teach the man how to like legitimately become a DJ. And he was like, so he has a label called Blackout Artist. Shout out Blackout Artist, part of my label. And it's like the first ever DJ label, pure okay. DJ label. And he hit me up and he was like, is this something you'd be interested in? Do you want to be like a DJ on this label? And I, I was like, fuck it, you know? And I, I was terrified, yeah. terrified. But I didn't let fear really dictate that my decision at that time. Thank God I didn't because obviously I knew I was going to get hate. And I did, you know, I got a post. Like, oh, look, Blake's fucking, a fucking DJ now and things like that, you know? And it was like... I knew that was going to come. And, and if I had failed at it, like it would have hurt really, really bad. But I took the chance. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I actually took classes. So I went to, there's a DJ school here in Denver. Yeah. Eric knew the guy and, you know, <laughs> Derek and his relationships. And Eric, you I, know uh, everyone, man. 
It's, it's, <laughs> I, remember sure possible. I remember the first time it I does. talked to you. Like, yeah, I got hook us all the Hawks. Uh, Bobby Wagner? Yeah, I know him. Uh, Russ? <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, he, he hooked you up with a DJ uh, class here in Denver. Did it for about a couple months. And then I just kind of hit the ground running, man. And, uh, yeah, I've been doing it now for about roughly three years. And it's been wild. It's been fun. It's, been, it's, it's, it's oh, a dude. rush, man. It's something I'm addicted to now. Yeah. Your last right. show, man. From what I've been see- I saw some clips that you a stagecoach and it looked Ooh. it looked pretty amazing. It looked like the beginning's just starting for you, man. Yeah, uh, thank you, man. I, yeah, it was yeah. that's what it felt I, like. You you talk yeah. like yeah. yeah. You talk about, I think, a full circle story coming to fruition. And man, I, you know, obviously no one can truly put themselves like in your shoes, you know, anyone specifically from the show and the whole experience that you you take from it and the highs and the lows. I think you have one of the coolest stories in Bachelor Nation, just from you've literally experienced it all. And now seeing you just flourish and hit, I would say probably an all-time high, and it's only going higher and higher from here. What, how has that whole roller coaster been for you? I feel like you and I are very similar in a lot of aspects from our experiences on the show. And we've both been in the highs and in the lows. So I want to hear from you, your experience, it just kind of summing it up to get into where you're at now and everything that took place in between. Yeah. Actually, I do think that we have a pretty similar story. Like, we've seen the highest highs, man. We've seen as high as you can go in Bachelor Nation. And you especially as Bachelor, like, that is as high as you can go in this world, yeah. you know. And then also, like, the super, super lows. And it's hard, you know, when people, I know I just got, like, all these headlines written about me because I gave advice about the show. But I honestly <laughs> usually say, like, I can't give much advice. The only advice I can give, call me after. I can tell you how to deal with the highs. I can tell you how to deal with the lows and everything in between. Okay. That I can tell you. And yeah, man, like, like I talked about kind of before, like I was, I was pretty hopeless coming off paradise, you know? And I just felt like the whole world was kind of collapsing around me because you do, like that year between Bachelor and Bachelor, or sorry, Bachelorette and Paradise, like it was my world. Like Bachelor Nation was my world. And that, that wasn't exactly smart on my part. It wasn't exactly like the right way to approach certain things because I just lived, you know, I just ate, drink, you know, shit, like Bachelor Nation. Like, that was it, you know? Yeah. And that was my whole world. And so when it kind of started to collapse around me, it just, yeah, I just felt, like, helpless in a, in a sense. And I had good people around me. I had my family. They were incredible. And, you know, friends, Eric, and and a bunch of other friends, you know. But I think it, it was a nice reminder that that this world is is fickle. Mm-hmm. Um, that Bachelor Nation, you know, you, you find out who your real friends are in, in times of need. And I, I did. And I, I I'm like, I feel like it's actually a blessing in disguise. I kind of find out who my real friends were in Bachelor and just in the world in general. Yeah. And I just decided, like, you know, I'm going to start. I think before Paradise, I lived a lot for other people. And I still am a people pleaser and almost to a fault. And I, I do both. things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. And I think that isn't great in Bachelor. I think that can kind of backfire pretty hard on you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... I just decided, like, fuck this. I'm going to start living for me, and I'm going to do things that I want to do. And if it hurts other people along the way, like, that sucks. Obviously, not, like, huge hurt. But it was like, I'm going to put myself first and not put other people before me. Yeah. And so that was kind of my mindset. And so when, you know, when the DJ thing started popping off and, like, you know, some other opportunities have, have arisen over the last couple of years, I just, just, I just looked at it instead of being like, what would my fans think, what my family think, what my friends think. I just decided like, what, what is best for me? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I tried not to worry about those, that outside noise. and was just like, what about me? 
And it's worked. It's worked, you know? And obviously, I, I do have mentors and, and people I take advice from. But I still, at the end of the day, I try to decide what's, what's best for me, not necessarily the people around me. And I know that seems selfish, but I felt like that was what I needed in my life yeah. at that point. It's not selfish at all, man. You yeah. got to put yourself first, man. You, yeah, you and I think it's you. okay to be selfish yeah. sometimes. Totally. You know what I mean? There are some yeah. situations where it's okay. And uh, I had never really done that before. And so it was, it was, a, it was refreshing. And I, I definitely recommend that. And the one thing I'll always say, you know, as, as far as advice for anybody in Mastrace or anybody and just having hard times in life is I always say, like, everybody has a rock bottom, right? But it, it, some people's are a little deeper than others. Yeah. But everybody will hit that bottom at some point in their life. And it's because it's, for me anyway, and I think most people, like, it doesn't get better overnight. Like, it takes time. So be patient and don't think like one like one therapy session or one good night out is going to change everything because it won't. It takes a lot of time and it's a slow, slow effort. Uh, but as long as you keep putting in that effort, things really will turn around for you. Blake out here speaking straight facts. That's some, that's some sound, sound it, advice right there. And I, yeah, I yeah. have a couple. I have a couple. So real quick, Eric, who Eric? Tell us about yourself, man. I want to know more about you. I feel like I don't know enough about you. You're like this mysterious guy that's, you know, knows fucking everybody. Every time I look up on your social media, you are like with the top-notch people and it's just insane. So I want to hear more about your story, maybe how you met Blake and how you kind of just died. And then into I have a really, really interesting question that I'm dying to know. And I hope you can spill some of those details, but I'll let you I'll let you go. Eric. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that. Well, I'm the absolute worst about talking about myself. I like being very mysterious. Nobody knows really what I do, <laughs> which is perfect. <laughs> but, but basically, long story short, I'm just, I come from kind of more of the sports world, working with NFL athletes, uh, doing sports marketing, setting up public-private events, endorsements, radio, TV, autograph deals, signings, that, that kind of stuff, which then transitioned into tremendous relationships in the country music world. Because, uh, you know, athletes wanted to go to country shows. Country artists are all big football fans. They're all Southern boys. So ACC, SEC football. So I, I bridged the gap between, between those relationships and started connecting athletes and musicians. And then somehow that turned into, I don't even know, going into this bachelor world. <laughs> all right. Which is super <laughs> messy. Into reality TV. Eric, what, I never what, thought I, I I always dreamed about like maybe breaking down like games or like game film, not fucking bachelor, bachelor <laughs> episodes. Like you never know where it's gonna man. take you. Same here. I don't think any of us would No, and it's been great because I mean tremendous relationships have come out of this. You know, I've met I met Blake actually through Colton Underwood. Okay. Um had had known Colton and then we went to dinner and I was like, man, I have nobody to go to country shows with. Blake was such a big country fan. I was like, hey, man, you live here in Denver, too. If you ever want to go, let's go. And then it just kind of snowballed from there, our relationship. And I took full advantage of that. I was sure every fucking show, show with Eric. I, I was Eric's plus one for like, yeah. Still is. Still am. Yeah, still am. <laughs> hey, I don't yeah. blame you. I, I was so bummed. I, I wanted to go to Stagecoach so bad. It was unfortunate at the time. My brother just got married, so I had a ton of stuff going on. So I wasn't able to make it. You know, bummed I couldn't see you guys. But guys, with Stagecoach, and Eric specifically directed at you here, I take it, obviously, you were the one that hooked up this deal with Blake to go to go play this this huge show, right? Everyone knew about Blake and Stagecoach. No. No. no well, I have, I, have a hand in the yeah, first, yeah. I have a hand in the first one. I brought the horseman to water, and he drank it all three years ago. Because <laughs> <laughs> so. I was like, I'm so curious how that conversation uh, went. Like, what again, I keep saying full circle, but what a cool freaking story to have you come back and, like, headline this awesome show. 
how that yeah. whole deal came to transpire, you know? Well, that, that actually, that came through Podcast Nation in Sydney over there. Like, I, they had, I don't know how it really came through. I think it started with a, and Blake could probably speak more on this, started with mm-hmm. kind of a brand thing that turned into like, hey, let's have Blake DJ. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, I just kind of took over like just the logistical side on the DJ piece. I didn't, this is the one deal I did not broker or bring. So yeah. Yeah, I'll talk about it. So basically, man, it was kind of crazy. So three years ago or whatever it was when, when Stagecoach was going to happen and it was going to, you know, before COVID hit. So I, they reached out and they're like, we'd love to have you, you know, put up like posts. You know, we want to do a collab with mm-hmm. you, blah, blah, blah. That was before I was really DJing. And so it got canceled and then the next year got canceled. And so they reached out again. And this time they were kind of like, hey, we'd love to maybe have you DJ and collab as like, you know, a, a influencer, I guess, quote unquote. And so... They reached out to Bouge, so Bouge Media, who um, runs Podcast Nation and everything, okay. who runs our podcast. Yeah, and then they they kind of, we went from there, and I think what happened was they didn't realize just exactly, like, I, you know, I've done some pretty big venues DJing. Like, I think they thought I was more of, like, just, like, a casual DJ, and so when they saw that, then they put me in, like, a legitimate tent, and then the facts, I mean, it was a cool moment for me and Eric, for sure, because we've worked pretty hard at this. I mean, Eric cold calls, you know, he's done, he's done that. He's basically the way, what I always describe it, because it's easier when people ask, like, I always just call like kind of Eric, like my tour, TM, my tour manager. Yeah. Um, he works like logistically on the ground and then he books, you know, a lot of shows as well, as well as my label, obviously. But um, so it's like, a, it was, a, it was a very full circle moment for the both of us. Um, you know, when I have, when I'm playing eight o'clock on a Saturday at one of the biggest country music festivals in Dude, the world. Wild. And 5,000 people come to my tent when, like, Brothers Osborne is on the main stage. Holy you know, like, shit. people come over to my show. Like, that That was a big moment for me. And I think it put a lot of respect on my name and us. Um, and we got some calls the next day for some pretty cool opportunities. That oh, were really excited man. About. Yeah. Like, literally your, the next day. That's, give like, your it was boys wild. some tickets. That, <laughs> give your boys some tickets. That's freaking awesome. We want to catch it in action. I think you guys are gonna be, uh, yeah, have a little residency there at Stagecoach for the next couple of years if you're interested. <laughs> no, I, I want to play a bigger tent next year. You know, bigger stage next year. So you, you know, that's the plan. I always, so we'll Lollapalooza, maybe. maybe yeah. Lollapalooza. I always, I always, I, I, yeah. I don't have, you know, I've, you know, hit you up like just for some like, you know, tidbits here on getting into DJing and just some advice. But obviously, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't really pursued that route too much. But I've always thought it'd be so cool to really bridge a gap. And I think you've done a little bit of this, but with DJing and, and country music and kind of combining the two, you know, with like certain types of drops and, and beats and all that. And I don't know how possible it is, I guess, but well, I guess you're, you're showing that it's possible because I think I've heard some stuff where you've combined the yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's funny you say that because I think that is an, a niche, you know, if you're a niche that hasn't really been hit it because yeah. I, I never, you're never really, yeah, you're never really sure how the audience is going to kind of react Especially when you play some some maybe mixes you've never played live before. And I had some in at Stagecoach Man. I've never really played a ton of country music. I'll throw a, a fun, you know, um, remix in there occasionally. But yeah. I played a good 35, 40 minutes of straight country over top of like house hits and big drops and like Kygo and like all these other. I had, you know, like acapella country over top of Kygo and Chainsmokers and things like that. And they fucking ate it, it up, hit. man. They loved it. So it was a cool moment to be like, oh, wait, like this might be something. Like this is something I think the the world wants. Yeah. And so it's something now I think I'm going to really, really work towards and stuff. Yeah, for sure. So No, for sure, man. That's it. They went hard. 
Damn. I want the mixtape, man. I want to hear I wish that. I was there. So yeah, I gotta, I'll, I'll send you a little bit. It I got wild. another question real quick. So I hear, well, I, I don't hear. It's so funny. You've been giving your input lately of last paradise. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, how is this even a conversation? <laughs> oh, like, how is this a conversation? <laughs> like, it's insane. Like, we both have people. Are you talking about with, uh, you know, with the Natasha stuff? Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's just insane to me that this is still a question. It's still a conversation. I was surprised that blew up so yeah. much. Me too, I, I, man. I, <laughs> yo, me. I, thought, I thought she was talking about me because I know she wasn't happy with me because I said very similar things. And yeah, I was told I by, through the grapevine she wasn't very happy. But, <laughs> you know, just take it for what it is. You, you got hooked up. Just take it. Like, don't try to say anything else just it, it is what it is um, you get your golden ticket and just go with it but i don't see why people are trying to argue the fact with no, what nothing you said was wrong it. if anyone is being honest and truthful with themselves it was a very on point comment and it's accurate yeah. if you don't agree with that it, it's a thing but you can't just because you don't agree with it, it's accurate it's true you know yeah so so yeah i mean i just had a simple q a on my uh instagram and somebody asked did you get any advice or did you give any advice to someone as a stage coach and i was like yeah a couple people asked and I just simply said, there's not much advice I can give other than, you know, if there's some podcast hosts, ABC podcast hosts down there, you know, don't get on their bad side. Don't, you know, don't maybe take the girl or the guy they're talking to. You know, it's like a very simple, I didn't think it was that much of a hot take, you know? Yeah. And I think obviously it has a lot to do with, uh, it's off season and there's literally nothing going on because I don't think that's a headline during season. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't even think it kind of, I thought it was just like, whatever. And then like four, three or four days later, you know, the Natasha kind of went at me on her podcast pretty hard. And I, it's funny because I didn't even like Natasha was like one of the last people I was thinking about because of the whole Natasha Brendan situation. And, and I, like you said, we're all, I have, I'm friends with these people. Like I like Becca. I like Joe. I like, and I'm glad they went, yeah. they met their people. But it's one of those things, like you said, like I remember talking to him before and was like, yeah, like, go. You have the golden ticket. Like, go. Of course. Of course you would go. Like, I would go if I was in your shoes, you know? Right. So even we had it, they knew, you know what I mean? And I will say, man, I will say, I have never gotten more support from like alumni and like other people. Like everybody was like, even some of her friends and like, I had two producers, ex-producers text me and be like, you're right, dude. Like, of course. Like, I, you know, it was like so over the top of like, dude, you're right. Like even people who hate me, they were like, yeah, you're right. Uh, we agree with you this time. You know, it was like, it was a funny moment. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. You don't go against someone that's working for the show. And yeah. I think, the, yeah, I mean, you know, they're going to, regardless, they're going to get a great edit. They're not going to have a bad edit to where they're, they're not going to be able to work for the podcast anymore. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. They're definitely going to, they might go through some shit. I'm sure they go through some shit, you know, mentally, mm -hmm. um, get their heart broken and stuff like that. But I mean, we all know logistically that works best for you after the show. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Golden ticket. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I guess maybe. It's like, can you imagine if they made Becca the villain and she goes on Bachelor Live on stage? They, they could like, never no, do that. It's not gonna happen. You know what I mean? They could never do that. Yeah, yeah. I think the only way, honestly, is and I'm not saying I wouldn't want to see people that are really tied in and close to the show be invited down there. But that's the. I mean, if you keep inviting people, I think people are going to continue to have these opinions. And and like you said, most people agree with you. And you know, it kind of is what it is. It's funny that I've seen like the show kind of is like they're triggered by it. And like they've, I've seen clips yeah. from like Games of Roses. You guys follow them? The whole, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, I'm just seeing, I'm like, wow, they're listening. Like they're getting affected here. Like they're, they're mm -hmm. trying to like get ahead of stuff. And you know, it is what it is. You know, Joe, you said back yeah. they they both had very successful times down there. Yeah. Blake, should I go to paradise? Yes or no? 
<laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Shit, I'm, I'll answer I'll answer that. Hell no. People are saying, you know, <laughs> anyone ask for advice, I'm gonna ask you for advice right here, right now. <laughs> what what so, do you got for uh, me? So honestly, honestly, Pete, so I remember we had this conversation a little bit last year. Yeah, this is in, in Tampa. That last year, yes. And last year was a fuck no. Like last year, hell no, man. You had like all your exes down there, you know, like no way. Yeah. This year, I'm like, maybe, maybe I still think. I still think I'm not sure, man. But maybe next year if you're, if you're still single. <laughs> it's not making me feel too good. The thing is, cool thing. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, I, think, I don't I think know, man. I don't know. I think regardless, I, reg- if you go on there, I think… Listen, the whole, the whole thing with the, the exes… People are going to come thing, for that, you. That, people are going to come that, for you. Well, what do you mean though? In what way? Because like the whole exes thing, like, I, won't, I just won't buy into it. Like, believe me, I obviously have a little bit of experience now with how to go about certain things. Mm-hmm. And, and so my whole, my whole thought process is like, if I do this, I'm going to go about it a lot differently than I went about The Bachelorette and then mainly The Bachelor though. And keeping a lot of things closer mm-hmm. to the vest. I was way too open, way too company man trying to, you know, make that season good and work with people. Um, that's not happening anymore with me. And, you know, the whole mm-hmm. exes thing, I'm not necessarily worried about that. Like I, I would have zero desire to go and, and, and retouch on anything that didn't work. So like I would shut all that down very quickly. But again, you never know what production has in store. And so you, if anyone, you know, Don't, has man. the best advice to yeah. give, I stand firmly mm-hmm. behind that. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is what I'll say too, is like, I know you, like you legitimately want to find somebody. I know that. And like, is there, if, if, the only reason I'd say to go, man, is if you have your eye on somebody and you were like, I really think there could be something special here, then do it, man. But if you're, if you're not, like, not sure, I don't know, then I would, man, because I think they would, they would, they would use that, I think to their advantage and try and give you like that, like, Oh, he's 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 lost again. He doesn't know who today. He's gonna date multiple people again. I think they try to give you that kind of freaking edit, you mm-hmm. know. When I know that wasn't the case, but I think they try to give you that edit. So that's the only thing I'd be afraid of. Man. You know, is there Pete? It, is there someone you got your eye on? Is there? You don't have to say names, but is yeah, there yeah, someone? I'd say yeah, I'm sure. There, there, there definitely is, and I'll be very honest with you guys. Like I, I am the, the I look at it and and listen. I'll be I'll call it as it is. I believe paradise is a business opportunity. You know, I don't think anybody, if they're being honest, no one needs to go down there to meet someone in today's day and age when you can literally DM whoever it is you're interested in. If there's interest, you guys can make it work, even if you're not in the same city, state, whatever. But what I do think Paradise does offer, and this is unique, is, and this is really the main reason I would really consider it, is it gives you like, say if it's someone that you're interested in that's like not in the same city or state, it gives you about a month to go down there, seriously date that person, get to know that person in a really cool, I think fun, I'm, I'm guessing fun, I'm sure also very stressful, unique environment that maybe you wouldn't have had because you guys both have a, a job that's in the, in the way or the distance, but all that kind of disappears for a month. So that's the one thing I think Paradise offers and why I'm, I'm, I'm considering it. It's a tough decision. I mean, literally, it is a life-altering decision. No, no pressure, Pete, but it is a life-altering decision. <laughs> Got to figure this out soon too, but… <laughs> I know. I say you don't have much time. Yeah, man. I mean, listen. If you do go, I mean, I'll I'll be I'll be rooting for you, man. I will be really. I'll be excited as a viewer, <laughs> man. I'll be excited. So it's gonna yeah. be good television. <laughs> yeah. I'll be. I'm not trying you to Hurricane get... Fuller on the beach. <laughs> I, if you fuck up, if Actually, you, yeah, you want to be boring, I want to be so freaking boring. Just be furniture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't be boring. 
It's kind of nice. I could I could be firsthand the one that roast you too. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Each episode. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's huge. We boost our ratings. Our ratings, yeah. man. I, I give Dustin uh, so much shit. I'm the one that always has all this drama freaking being thrown out here. And Dustin's like this perfect pretty boy that just has this perfect relationship. That's why we're still alive. Yeah, yeah, Dustin's got a great relationship. That's why we're still going. alive. That's why yeah. Blake is still going. <laughs> Speaking of relationships, you have found someone. <laughs> Yeah. And speaking of I don't ratings, know. Have I? I don't know. Speaking uh, of ratings know. that are about to go up when that <laughs> yeah, comes speaking out, of, no. ours are going to go through the roof. Let's just say, I'll say this. I'll say this. I am currently very happy with the point in my life and where I'm at. Um, yeah, I'll just say that right now. Professionally, personally, all the above. So that's, I'm in a cool spot in my life. That's great to hear, man. Yeah. I, uh, I respect, yeah, yeah kind of keep, keeping it close to us. And just like you said earlier, <laughs> dude. Yeah, super it, close. No, but I, I'm all I'm all about that with you. Like, and and I again, I I relate with you a lot. And we've both been, I think, those people that are just people pleasers and want to give maybe too much. And you give, give, give. There was one piece of advice that I remember getting from someone that I'm not so fond of now in Bachelor in the producer world, but but she did. I will give her this. She gave me this one piece of advice, and she like called me out on this. Like in the very beginning, we were doing a bunch of press stuff. She's like, Peter, you can't keep giving everything, all you have to all these people. Like, you have to be able to just say no. Shut it down. No, because at some point you're going to get to where you have nothing left to give and it's not going to turn out well for you. And I was like, oh, you kind of knew what yeah. you were talking about there. It's the one piece of advice that yeah. I'll take. But so <laughs> I like I like the the route that you're taking now. All this is to say and happy for you, man. That's super cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Eric, what about you? Any love? Any love for you, man? You got a little somebody? Oh, no. No. Forever single. <laughs> <laughs> Forever fifth wheeling, fourth wheeling, whatever. Hey, are we? Uh, uh, listen, listen, Eric. Any chance uh, we want to do a trip out to uh, Seattle, Week One, Monday Night Football, Seahawks, Broncos, the return of Russell not, Wilson? Because that means that's that has absolutely nothing to do with a Bronco fan. That's not a big game for us. <laughs> it's what. I would still like to. He's saying it's not a big deal. For, it's not a big, big deal for us he, because Seattle's an easy dub. We just got Russell, so it's not a big Yo, deal. If for there's us. any team like, that knows how to game plan for Russell, I would say it's his most recent team. But we'll see. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It could be a. It could be a pretty hard game, actually. Actually, I, I I've never been so. to that stadium. Oh, I would fucking die. It's I've loud. never been to that. There's stadium. nothing like yeah, yeah. the loudest. Lumen Field. Absolutely nothing. It is. It's a freaking party. And yeah, it just it's rocking the entire time. And I can't even imagine what it's gonna be like with Russ there. I'm gonna probably shed a tear. Oh my god! But it is. What do you it is. think? Do you think it's gonna be like standing ovation at the beginning and then booze by the end? Like, how do you think the crowd's I, gonna react? I don't. I don't think that we'll be able to boo him. I, we're gonna be hurt. It's like a relationship where it's like they didn't really do anything wrong. Like it just. It, right. it, you guys went through your separate ways. He was perfect for us, you know. It's he won us our first Super Bowl. He literally always said the right thing. Just like a great guy, huge Seahawks supporter. Obviously, I finished every single interview. Go Hawks! Like as a fan, you can't hate mm -hmm. him. You wish he was still there. I think you it's can't. innovation. I hope it is. You yeah, can't boo anyone that got you a championship you ring. You just can't do it. Yeah, if they get you a championship yeah, and ring, Pete Carroll I mean, lost him the second one. Because you should have ran Marshawn. <laughs> All right. Well, let's not. Let's not. Oh, I'm I'm too. Like, too soon. It's still too it's soon. Not, it, it will forever not be too soon. Like ever. That, that one hurt. Uh, the bigger question is who's your QB, Gino, or I don't know, uh, or, or my boy uh, Drew. I still think he's <laughs> not even on the team yet. I think there's a chance Baker comes in some way somehow. Cleveland finally releases him, and and we get we get to sign him for a cheap deal. Who knows? Who knows? We got some receivers, running backs, but still got time. Yeah, you still got time. Anyways, yeah, we'll see if uh, if we can make that happen. That'll be a fun trip, guys. We got to get you uh, a yeah. DJ in the <laughs> halftime really show there, Blake. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll get him a parking lot. I'm like a DJ at tailgate at the. That'd be fun as hell. I'm not gonna lie. Speaking of uh, halftime shows, what is your dream dream show to uh, to DJ Blake? Yeah, good question. So honestly, I mean, my dream like venue. It's got to be Red Rocks. You know, I grew up oh, 20 minutes from Red yeah. Rocks here in Denver. So it was like the first concert I ever went to was at Red Rocks. At the time, growing up, you have no idea like what Red Rocks is. And it's like the greatest outdoor venue in the world. And so that would obviously be, be amazing. So maybe one day that that's definitely on the list, the, the bucket list. I got to go there when I was in Denver for uh, my month training there at United. And it was Kaigo opening mm-hmm. up. I think it was the first to capacity show. And... Holy yeah, I was shit. there. Yeah, oh, I was shit. there. What am I yeah, talking about? We yeah, remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you mean Matt was there too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a freaking blast. Um, yeah, that was a freaking amazing show, man. Dude. That was so much. So fun. I can see it up there. I, go I, I, I can picture it. Yeah. I want some backstage passes, all right? When, when cool. you make that happen. <laughs> yeah, done, done, done. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey guys, thank you uh, so much for coming on. This has been a pleasure. And uh, we definitely have to link up in person here, hopefully soon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For yourself. We'll so. be out in New York in a couple of weeks, actually. Oh, shoot. You guys playing a yeah, show out here? Uh, yeah, we're doing a little pop-up thing for uh, a company, like a little corporate Yeah, deal. doing a pop-up thing for a company. So we'll let you guys know. Yeah, we'll be there a couple days, I think, like two nights, I think mm-hmm. three days, something like that. Yeah, okay. so we'll hit you guys Ooh. up for sure. Awesome. Well, let us know. It'd be great to see you guys. And uh, let's get that uh, Seahawk Bronco game going. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having us. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Peace. guys. Bachelor is in the City is hosted by me, Peter Weber. And me, Dustin Kendrick. This podcast is produced by Red Rock Music. Our producer is Emma Martins, and our executive producer is Red Yoakum. Our audio engineer is Enrique Inojosa. Subscribe and like or review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Instagram at Bachelors in the City Podcast. Got questions for us about the show, life, or really whatever? DM at Bachelors in the City Podcast on Instagram for a chance to be a featured third roommate. We'll catch you next time.